We are now holding in Parak Aleph Mishnah Yud Beis. We just finished the last two Mishnayas and studied the thoughts of Shemai and Aftalian. Now we are holding about a hundred years prior to the destruction of the second Beis Hamikdash, and Hillel and Shammai were the leaders of Klal Yisrael. Hillel was the Nasi, Shammai was the head of the rabbinical court. And Hillel had just come up to Eretz Yisrael from Bavel. In Eretz Yisrael, a question arose. The rabbinic leaders were not certain how to deal with the situation where the 14th day of Nisan, which is Erev Pesach, Kemar Shabbos, the Bnei Becerra, who were the Nisim at that time, didn't know for sure if the Korban Pesach is Doche Shabbos or not. So they went searching for someone that may have a Masoira, may have the tradition of how they are supposed to conduct themselves in this situation. Finally, they were told that there is a person who just came up from Bovel, whose name is Hillel Habavli. He had studied under Shemaya and Aftalian, and he knows if Pesach is Dr. Shabbos. So they approached Hillel, and Hillel said the following. We know that we are instructed to make the Korban Pesach at a specific time. The Torah says, V'yasu b'nei Yisrael as a Pesach b'mo'ado, in its appointed specific time. So now, does the word Ma'ado mean that you can violate the Shabbos in order to fulfill this mitzvah or not? When they asked Hillel, Hillel said the following, We know that by the Korban Tomit, the sacrifice that was brought up on the Mizbeach, every morning and every evening, in the time of the Beis HaMikdash. Over there, there is also a commandment which says to do it b'mo'ado, in its time. And since by the Korban Tomid, we are allowed to do it on Shabbos, because it says b'mo'ado, so therefore, Hillel said, so also by the Korban Pesach are we allowed to do it b'mo'ado, in its time. So, Hillel, as we said, became the Nasi, the people relied on him. Shammai, as we said, was the rabbinic authority. So the Mishnah starts off that Hillel and Shammai kibble mehem from Shammai v'aftalian and said the following. Hillel omer, A Jew needs to become a student of Aharon. Ohev shalom, love peace, v'rodev shalom, and chase peace. The Mishnah does not say to us that we should become like Aharon. That may be a spiritual level that is unattainable for us. But we need to at least become his student. To become a student of Aharon means to humble ourselves and to try to learn from Aharon's actions and Aharon's conduct. How did Aharon conduct himself? And the way he conducted himself, that's the way we need to conduct ourselves. Now it is very, very difficult for someone to become a Talmud of a Rebbe unless he is able to remove his haughtiness, lower his ego and humble himself. To be a good listener, to want to understand what his Rebbe is teaching and then to implement it and to change and become a better person and to emulate the ways of his Rebbe. Aaron Cohen had sternly middles in all areas. But there were two areas in specific that Hillel is telling us he stood out for. The first one was an Oev Shalom. He loved peace. 
Now, there are many people that will claim that they are peace-loving people. But one of the ways one can find out he was a peace-loving man is to see how quickly he stretches out his hand and gives somebody else shalom. Or does he wait for someone else to stretch out their hand and only then does he give them shalom? When you want someone else to stretch out their hand first, that's gaiva. That's not what Aharon did. Aharon did not wait for someone to stretch out their hand to him. He stretched out his hand to them first. And there's a tremendous reward for that. We are taught that Kolamagdim Shalom Lechadera, whoever greets his friend first with Shalom, is Marichim Layonim Mishnaisav. Hashem gives him a long life. So the question now is, what were some of the ways that Aharon showed that he loved Shalom? So the story is said that when Aharon Akoyim heard that a man said to his wife, I forbid for you to have any pleasure from me until you split into the eyes of Aharon Akoyim. And obviously that was something that would be impossible to do. And the reason the husband said that is because obviously he wanted to end this marriage. When Aharon heard about this, he went to the woman and he said to her, I have a certain sickness in my eye. And the only way that it can be healed is if you spit in my eye. And by getting the woman to do that, the nether that the husband made became absolved and he was able to restore peace in that household. Other times, Aharon heard that Reuven and Shimon are arguing with each other. They were not speaking to each other. When he got wind of the matter, Aharon would approach Reuven and say, Do you know, Reuven, that your friend Shimon is so brokenhearted over what happened? And he's even thinking about bumping into you somehow and making peace with you. And when Reuven heard that his perceived enemy is really troubled by the separation of their friendship. He lost some of his anger. And then when Shimon would finally meet Ruvain, he was able to be forgiving and be able to embrace his friend. Even though Reuven hadn't told him that he regretted what happened. But he had heard from Aharon that Reuven regretted what happened. And he took that to heart and he was able to restore peace. Now how was Aharon able to do these type of things? Things that are not regular conduct of ordinary human beings. That was because he loved peace. He could not tolerate dissension. And because of that, he would chase peace. He would be a Rodev Shalom, a peace chaser. It's not enough for us to love peace. If we want to know how much we love it, that's by how much we chase it. So there's two levels. There's a level of Ohev of loving, and then there is the level of Rodev. And we are told, by David HaMelech, Bakei Shalom, seek peace, but that's not enough. Viratzfehu, and chase after it. We need to come up with ideas and ways to maintain peace at home, to maintain peace in our businesses, to maintain peace in our neighborhoods, to maintain peace in our shuls. At any time we see that some kind of machlekes dissension is starting to brew. It is our responsibility to step in and try to figure out how to make peace because the strength of Klal Yisrael depends on peace. We say every day in davening at the end of Shemana Esrei, We end off that way because Sholem is that important. In every Kaddish that we say, we talk about Sholem. Or it's the Sholem b'mromov. Who Yasa Shalom Aleinu, who I call Yisrael. 
There is a Pesach that says, Hashem Oz What is the Oz? What is the strength of the nation of Klal Yisrael? Shalom. If that is not enough, Shemo Shalakadosh Baruch Shalom. Hashem's name is Shalom. Midah Shalakadosh Baruch Shalom. Hashem's ways are Shalom. We know by the great sin of Amalek, when they attacked Klai Yisrael, when no one else had the chutzpah to attack, and they were Mechal Hashem, they weren't afraid to attack Klai Yisrael. Over there it says, Hashem swore by His throne. In the Torah it says, Hashem Shalom V'Kisei Shalom. So we need to pursue peace on all fronts. We can't be true Torah servants and be a machlokis with somebody. The Pesach says, the, the ways of Torah are pleasant. And all our paths, Shalom, lead to peace. The embodiment of what Klav Yisrael needs as a nation to exist. And he taught by example. He didn't just talk about being peace-loving. He was peace-loving. He went out of his way. It was on his mind. He searched constantly for different solutions so that people can live with peace and harmony. So he didn't just love in his heart, but he did something about it. And we find in the Torah, for instance, when somebody killed someone by Shogek, unintentionally, he ran to the Arei Miklot, to the city of refuge. But on the way to the city of refuge, it was possible that the relatives of the deceased would chase after him to try to catch him. And we can just imagine if someone is pursuing their enemy, in what kind of speed do they pursue them? They give it their all. They're a roidev. They're not just running after him. They're chasing with all their might. That's why Hillel uses this lotion of roidev to maintain peace in our society. It's not enough to try to make peace. It's not enough to go after peace. We need to pursue it with all our energy. Then the Mishnah continues, O Abrios, you shall love people, and you should bring them close to Torah. And it's very self-understood that there is no way that we can bring any Jew close to Hashem unless the person that we are being Mekarev feels that we love him. Through loving people, people open up their hearts and their ears. They're willing to listen because the person has a feeling that the person that is trying to be makar of them really loves them. And this is what the Navi Malachi said to us. B'sholam uvemishar holach iti. He went with me with peace. B'rabim heishev ma'avon. And he was able to turn the multitudes away from sinning. Naharan had a custom. Let's say he saw a person that didn't avera. Instead of separating from this person... He would go ahead and befriend this person. Now what happened when this sinner saw that this great tzaddik was befriending him, he felt ashamed of himself inside and said to himself, if this great tzaddik knew what kind of sinner I am, he would never be my friend. How could I be two-faced? If the godel is my friend, I've got to measure up. I've got to be better. And this is one of the ways that Ahar was able to be a kind of people. Aharon HaKoyen was very busy with Kirv HaChoykim. No doubt he created programs in order to teach Klai Yisrael the Chashivas of Torah. And when you teach Torah with a smile, with love, people feel it. And they're willing to learn and emulate their teacher. 
It could be said that Ahar and Akoyan established one of the first Balchuva movements. But he knew that the only way to do that is to show kind-heartedness, to be a no-sabo to show the person that you really care about him. So the Mishnah is teaching us here some very, very important lessons that we're not here just for ourselves. We need to share what we have with people and be makar of them. And everybody can be makar of somebody. Sometimes we're makar with money. Sometimes we're makar with help. Sometimes we're makar by saying a good word. Sometimes we are makar by lending an ear and letting somebody unburden themselves. Everyone has something to contribute. Everyone can be an Oyev Shalom. Everyone can be a Rodev Shalom. Everyone can be an Oves Abrius. And how do you know how much you love people? That's how much you're willing to go out of your way for people. Everybody can be Makar of someone to Torah. We need to give of our time and learn with other people Torah. I think they say from Ramosha Feinstein that we are obligated to give a miser a tenth of our time to Kirav Rechaikim. To learning with those that don't know how to learn so well. Just like we need to give a tenth of the money that we earn. How would our world look, our Jewish world, if we were able to follow Ahar and Cohen's lead? And we have it within our power to teach these midos to our family and friends by being an example, by leading. When there's strife at home, we try to make peace at all costs. And when people see that we love, they learn how to love. When people see we give of our time for others, they learn to give of their time to others. Because life is usually a mirror. The people that live around us learn from us. And if they see that we conduct ourselves in a harana coins, mannerisms, then they copy it. And we walk away from this Mishnah, that if we are a Nosa Sholem, then who Yasa Sholem Aleinu, well, I'll call you